Hi there, and welcome to my first ever podcast. Um, so I'm Hayley Mills. I am a exercise professional um, uh, with an interest in heart health. Um, so yeah, I wanted to cover off today um, different ways of being active after you've you've actually finished um, official cardiac rehab, um, and also being able to use water-based exercise as a mode of exercise for for rest of life. So. Yeah, it's, it's it's how to get involved in in water based activity uh, safely as a cardiac patient, but also um, just being aware of um, just just some awareness around your condition um, to be active safely um, and whether it's appropriate for you as well. All right, so let's get started. So water based activities um, that can cover a whole host of different activities, um, maybe. Um, different water-based activities outside, inside. Um, so it's important for us to have a look at, you know, what's going to be safe and what to consider. So, you know, that could cover, you know, slow, slow, slow swimming, um, different types of um, stroke, um, you know, water walking um, and thinking about maybe the depth of water walking that you're walking in, um, even down to, you know, some aqua aerobics. So, um, as cardiac patients, it's really important to think about the type of activity and also your condition as well. Um, and obviously, there are lots of benefits to, for um, you know exercising in water. It's sociable, it's fun. You know, if, if you've been exercising on your own, you know you you, you may have been quite excited at the, the prospect of going into um, you know a leisure centre and, and kind of getting back to some um, normality. And, and it's quite a social um, environment going back into a leisure centre and um, swimming with either friends, family, or just being around other people in the pool. So um, you know, it's, it's very very sociable, and it's a really good way to actually start to build up um, you, you know your physical activity in terms of reaching the the recommended guidelines as well. So. We know we want to be working towards 150 minutes of moderate uh, physical activity um, and when we're looking at a moderate intensity, which is going to be appropriate for yourself as a, as a cardiac patient. So, yeah, we just we just need to just take into consideration all those different benefits. And also, if you're if you're a patient who has got um, musculoskeletal issues, so you've not been able to walk for long periods of time, um, you know, you've got back problems or knee problems, um, you know, osteoporosis, that sort of thing. You know, being being in the water is going to be really beneficial. It's going to um, maybe ease the pain and be able enable you to exercise that little bit longer as well. So, yeah, just just um, lots of different benefits, um, and it's important for us to have a look at some safety considerations. So, you know, is is swimming right for you? And I think one of the big things that you need to be aware of is, you know, what are you capable of at the minute? So, looking at your daily activities. So. <clears throat> For example, if you're if you're if you want to get into slow swimming or some shallow base water aerobics or some shallow base water walking, what we want to get across to you today is if you're able to climb stairs without any symptoms, if you're able to walk around three miles an hour, or you're able to do vacuuming, um, so so tasks that are, are kind of expending that much energy and you're not symptomatic, i.e., you're not you know that doesn't bring on your angina. Um, you're not feeling excessively breathless where you have to stop then swimming is for you because what we what we classify that as is met equivalent so metabolic um equivalence within the energy so if you're able to do those without symptoms then you are you should be okay to to start swimming do aqua aerobics etc um so yeah and then it, it, i think some of the other little stipulations to pass on is if, you, if you've had heart surgery uh, um so excuse me <coughs> Hey, well, live broadcasting. Um, 
you know, if you've had heart surgery, it's, it's really ideal that you wait until, you know, if, if you've had um, a coronary artery bypass graft, so you've, you've got a wound on your chest or you've had a defib um, implanted. With heart surgery itself, we want to be waiting until the wound itself um, and the, the, the healing of the sternum is, is actually taken place. Um, and that's usually after around 12 weeks. So don't start before then. Um, and then those people who have had a, an ICD fitted, so that's an implantable cardioverted device or a pacemaker, it's usually going to be after six weeks when, um, you know, the, 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 the incision has is, is, is kind of calmed down and healed. Um, and yeah, you know, if, if you've had a, a defib fitted or you've had surgery, you want to be, you want to be choosing a stroke that's going to be beneficial for not pulling on the wound so, so um, especially with an ICD actually breaststroke is safer because if you're going to be doing front crawl um, that can actually extend your arm too far um, so that it may um, disrupt the leads within the machine in, in your chest so breaststroke is best for that um, ultimately, choose a, choose a stroke that is best for you so if you're quite a, a skilled swimmer um, prior to your operation or your cardiac event, um, feel, do something that you feel comfortable with, and and, and also if you're if you're quite a novice swim swimmer, choose an activity that is is relevant for you. So if you're not used to swimming, do something that you're going to be feeling relaxed in. If you're better off in the shallow end, that way you're not going to be expending too much energy and working at higher intensity in the water. So that's important to to, to point out. Um, and where possible, try and swim in supervised pools um, for obvious reasons. If for any reason you do get into difficulty, um, lifeguards can obviously um, help you out and just make sure that all your medications are, you know, beside the pool as well, uh, which is important. So if you, you know, keep your angina spray to one side with your flip flops um, and just making sure that you've got that, um, you know, that GTM reliever should you need it if your angina does come on, if that's relevant for you. Okay, so I just want to just finish off is, yes, we've talked about the diff, maybe different strokes that you can use, when it's okay for you to start. And I would always always recommend, you know, maybe just talk to your, your, your physiotherapist, your cardiac physiotherapist or your GP if you want that extra peace of mind. So this podcast is to just generally arm you with some knowledge about some general guidelines um, that is going to be able to enable you to, um, you know, what are you capable of at the minute and then what... The demands of the water-based exercise is if that they do marry up, um, then that's great. If for any reason that you're not able to do these easy activities without symptoms, probably swimming isn't for you at the moment. And it might be you need to just build up your fitness a little bit more or stabilise your condition before um, choosing the water-based activities. So, like I said before, we're going to move on to just some final safety considerations. Um, so with water, it's lovely when you're going in there, um, you know, it's going to take that, it gives you that element of weightlessness, which is fantastic when you're getting your costume on um, or your swimming trunks. But you do need to be aware is that when you get in that water, um, I'm sure from your, from your previous cardiac rehab um, activities, You'll have been using an RPE or the CR Borg scale out of 10 um, to be working between two and four on the Borg scale um, out of 10. So that's your effort. When you get in water, your ability to actually recognise how hard you're working is lessened. And if you do suffer with angina um, post-event or um, after your, your um, heart surgery, it's actually harder to recognise your symptoms as well because it can be masked in the water. So it's really important for you to know this. Um, and what we advise is, is that if you've been uh, previously told to work a four out of 10, 
that you try and bring that down um, to either a two out of 10 or a three out of 10, just so that you're working a little bit lower in terms of that effort. And that's the reason why. That way you're not gonna push yourself too far when you're not able to, to work out how hard you're working in the water. All right, so when you get in the water, be aware that how hard you're working um, will become a little bit desensitized and your, your ability to recognize symptoms as well. So yeah, just work a little bit under what you would normally do on land if you were in the gym or you were walking. Um, and just be aware as well, the water is actually going to put some forces on your body that um, that increases um, pressures on the body as well. And that's another reason we just want you to work slightly under than you would um, um, on land. Okay, so that submersion on that stress does it encourages the heart, uh, the blood to come towards the heart, um, and it puts it under that a little bit more stress. So again, that's the other reason we want to just come a little bit lower. So it is it is safe, um, but we just want to be aware of what physiological demands that water does put on the body, and it just informs you uh, what's going on in your body and how to stay safe. Okay, so um, a really good way of introducing those stresses um, when you are going to go in the pool is just make sure you go into the pool really, really slowly. So you're introducing those stresses onto your body gently for obvious reasons. We don't want to give you, your heart or your body a sudden shock of all these different pressures coming in um, and that will really, really help. If you're a heart failure patient, if you're not used to sleeping, and if you're not able to sleep on your back, um, you know, you, you, you've got symptoms that come on, it's probably a really good idea that you don't um, do backstroke or um, swimming. What we'd recommend is probably doing your, your water walking in shallow water so that you've not got that increase of blood coming towards the, the body, um, which is called preload. Okay, so yep, just thinking about those different things. Um, and certainly we don't want you diving into the water. So we don't want to completely fully immerse the body into the water, such as, you know, you know, swimming on the bottom of the pool because then the stresses on the body will, will be pretty much too much um, and, it's, and it's kind of pushing those pressures on the body. So yeah, don't emerge your face, don't, don't dive into the water, just gently get into the water nice and slowly, introduce those pressures onto the body. Um, and where possible, it's really ideal that you, you go into maybe a, a pool, a leisure pool rather than you know, open water swimming or wild swimming, purely because the the, te the temperature of the water can actually um, increase the pressures on the body again. So if it's too cold, um, you, you, your capillaries and your arteries are gonna kind of constrict, which increases the pressure around your cardiovascular system, which is not ideal for you as a patient. And if it's too hot, they open up too widely and it can cause you to become dizzy and faint. So um, ideally try to be in a supervised pool um, and in, in, in normal leisure centres they're around 29 degrees, which is ideal. Okay, so just some really nice, hopefully useful uh, safety features for yourself. Um, and as with any of the exercises that we recommend on our, on our website, if you're feeling unwell, just don't take part in exercise that day. If you've got any new symptoms, then obviously report that immediately to your GP and make sure that you all must always do a warm up and cool down before any activity. So that could be, you know, when you're in the pool, that could be gently getting into the water and maybe, you know, marching on the spot, doing some shoulder rolls. Um, knees to your chest nice and slowly, stepping out to the side, just getting your body nice and warm and, and in, um, increasing that um, that the heart rate nice and slowly gradual ideally we want to be doing that for 15 minutes and doing the opposite of that for your cool down around 10 minutes um but you know if you're not going to be spending too much in the water you can you can lower that down in relation to your to your whole workout keep your medication um 
close by, as I said before. And if for any reason you do have any, if you're in an emergency situation where, you know, you feel like you're having um, chest pains, etc., obviously take medication straight away. Um, any pain or discomfort, stop and obviously just speak to one of the lifeguards and just get medical attention. Okay, so yeah, uh, please use that um, as, as as you will. Um, and, you know, I'm really interested to, to hear what you think. Let, let us know on, um, on Twitter if this has been useful. Um, and yeah, uh, please follow the channel to, to keep in touch with different um, things that we have um, and guests that we have on this uh, podcast.